0: Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is. So now is when faith is. So you never have to wonder when you should live by faith. You should live by faith right now. Now faith is. So uh, for the next week or so, I want to preach into your ears uh, the difference between uh, the Bible's uh, definition of faith and what others or other ideologies call faith. You see, faith is not uh, 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 something that, that, that everybody points in the same direction that believes something's going to happen. No, faith is the substance of what we hope for and it's the evidence of things we can't see, which means faith is my proof when I don't have an answer I can put in my hand. Faith is my proof, is my substance, is my evidence, when I don't have something I can put in my hand. Now, there are different uh, ideologies and theologies out there that teach different things, uh, but today we just want to focus on what the Bible declares faith to be. Faith is what we rely on when we can't see something. Uh, It is significantly easier to live for God when everything is taken care of and everything, uh, uh, the white picket fence is painted, the house is paid off, uh, the dog sits when you tell it to sit. Everything is happening exactly as you want it to happen and as you wish it would happen. These are things that, that make it uh, uh, where our faith is not stimulated, yet it just seems easier to believe God because we are seeing all the things that we are believing for. But faith is believing when we cannot see, amen? There's a prophet in the Bible named Elijah. You're going to hear a lot about him over the next few weeks. Elijah is, was uh, the most powerful prophet of God at the time. And he was in the land and there was a major drought going on. And he goes through a process of putting our God against all the uh, uh, Baal uh, worshiping uh, prophets or or all the other ideas of what God is. There was actually two other gods. And, and, And Elijah said, well, I tell you what, you know, if you think you guys serve God and I think I serve God, let's just both put him to the test and see what happens. Let's just have a little race. It's almost like when you're a kid, where I'm from, you know, if you had a, a, a car, there's a, there's a country music song, and it, and it says, when you're, when you're in your teens, your dreams revolve around four spinning wheels. And for me, that was true. I, I remember being a kid and thinking, when I get my driver's license, man, I'm going to be the best uh, street racer that has ever existed in <laughs> East Texas. And, and I had a truck that probably had like 27 horsepower total. Uh, it was, it was a, a, a 1969 Ford. It had a 300 uh, a cubic inch inline six cylinder that, that a lot of you guys, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you shifted gears on the column. It was a three, they called it three on the tree, baby. And you would go up and then down, pull back and, and reverse and, and, and you had... Uh, 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 power steering was developed in the weight room. It was not developed <laughs> underneath the hood, so you literally had to power that dude around. And and uh, it, seat belts weren't nearly as important in the '60s, so you didn't even have to worry about a seatbelt in this thing. And it would just it was it was incredible because one now the truck. I'm not saying it never broke down because that was actually somewhat of a common occurrence. But nowadays, if your car breaks down and you pop the hood, you need a doctorate in, in, in some kind of rocket science to figure out what has happened to it. Uh, but in those days, at least with that vehicle, if you had the right size wrench and a screwdriver, you could fix almost everything on it in a half hour or so. Uh, so I drove this truck and I thought, man, I'm... I'm on it now, and it didn't even have. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not about to talk about things. Some of y'all are going to go, uh huh, and some of y'all are going to go, is he, what is he talking about? Pokemon? What's happening? I don't even know. <laughs> but, but I would drive that thing, and it didn't even have positive traction on the rear end. So if the only way that I could make that thing peel out, which is very important where I'm from, peel out means make the back tires go, when you're going, you know. Uh, and that was, the only way that I could make that thing peel out was to turn the wheel all the way to one side, and then you would do something, you would dump the clutch real hard. So you would rev it up, and you would dump the clutch, and all the girls are going, would he just preach already? And all the guys are going, that's what I'm talking about, brother, dump that clutch. <laughs> so I would dump the clutch, and it just, burp, 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 it'd bark its way around, and man, I'd just be waving at everybody, like, now y'all know, you know what I'm saying? Because... <laughs> It was just one of those. It was just one of those uh, situations where it was uh, important. It was important to me at that time. It was. It was a. It was a rite of passage. But it was. It was. It was the beginning of a different side of uh, competition in my life. I didn't always. Uh, I didn't always win when we would do these uh, silly things that I do not recommend at all. But at the same time, the competition of it was just a good time, and, and it, was, it, was, it was fun. But Elijah, he took it very seriously when people talked against God. Now, you and me, uh, you know, we can't go and, and, and tell everybody what to say and how to say and all these other things. But there is absolutely nothing wrong if you get into a stalemate with somebody with regards to faith and belief, that that you can just literally and politely say, well, i tell you what, I'm just going to keep believing God, and how about we get together in five years and see how it works out for you? Because listen to this, our God never fails. Never one time in history. So Elijah has this big display of God's power. But it's in the middle of a drought, and he gets done with it, and now he gets to the place where he, he, he says to the king that his wife was named Jezebel, his name was Ahab, and he says uh, uh, to Ahab, the king who also wanted to kill him, that, that uh, listen, uh, matter of fact, let's just go to verse 41, 1 Kings 18, verse uh, 41, Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up, means get up, eat and drink, for there is a sound, of abundance of rain. There is a sound everybody say sound. sound. Sound of abundance of rain. When my wife and I put the kids to bed, uh, we'll be sitting there uh, watching TV or, or talking, whatever we're doing and, and it, it, almost every night you'll hear the pitter pat of little bare feet on the on the floor coming around the corner, but long before you ever see them there is a Sound. Elijah says to Ahab, he goes, listen, go do, listen, whatever you do because there is a sound of abundance of rain. Everybody say abundance. Abundance. In your life, in the name of Jesus, there is a sound of abundance coming to your family. There is a sound of supernatural abundance coming to your family. Supernatural abundance of peace. Supernatural abundance of understanding. Supernatural abundance of financial uh, increase. Supernatural abundance of your family members coming to God. There is a sound from heaven of supernatural abundance that is rumbling right now. And if you will tune your ear to that station... You will hear what nobody else is hearing. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. Elijah went to the mountain, the Bible says, and he put his face down between his knees, which is a great picture of prayer. Uh, But he told Ahab, which Ahab does not serve God, Ahab does not believe on Jehovah God, Uh, he tells Ahab, he said, you just go do whatever you're going to do because I'm going to be with my God. In other words, you cannot, your faith, faith is the substance and the evidence of everything that we cannot see." Faith has a timetable. It is right now. Now faith is. Your faith right now has to not care what anybody around you is doing. They don't understand why we're at church. 52 Sundays a year They don't understand why we go to church On a Wednesday night They don't understand why we get together With other believers and pray They don't understand why we fast and believe They don't understand why we're listening to teaching tapes They don't understand why we're Worshipping in our car They don't understand why we guard what comes out of our mouth And try to protect what comes into our ears They don't understand it But there is a place in Christianity Where you have to not give two cents About what somebody else is doing But you You've got to decide whether anybody else goes with me. I'm going to the mountain. Christianity, when you get to heaven, you are not going to walk in and Jesus say, Oh, good, all of you come in here. I want to ask you collectively, what did you do for the kingdom of God? He's going to say, well, hello, Pastor Brian, how are you doing? And I'm going to say, man, I want everybody from New Heights Church, I want them to walk up with me. And Jesus is going to go, too bad, I'm just talking to you. Elijah said, you go eat. You go drink. You go do whatever you do because when I hear a rumbling in the heavens, when I hear the sound of abundance of rain, when I hear the sound of revival coming to a region, there is things that change in my life. There are things that shift in my life and I decide I'm going to find God if it's the last thing I do. I'm going to hear the voice of God. I'm going to see the hand of God. But in your life and my life, we've got to decide what everybody else does. That's their business. What we do is our business. Now, he goes to the mountain. Uh, uh, The Bible says the mountain is called karma, which literally means uh, a sugary brown substance. (laughs) It means garden-like, which means Elijah went there because he knew, what do you do in a garden? A garden is for growing things that you want to grow. Did you know you don't have to plant weeds? I didn't say weed, duh. I said weeds. You don't have to plant weeds. You, 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 if you want to grow something that is desirable, some food, some beautiful flowers, let me tell you something. You need a garden, and then you've got to protect the garden, and if you want to experience what you have grown, you've got to go from where you are to the garden. Which means Elijah says, look, here's my situation. God is about to move on my behalf. And I know all you want to do is just uh, keep eating, drinking, and being merry. You just want to continue down the path that you're on. You just want to do that. And that's fine because my faith and my decisions have nothing to do with what you do. I'm going to do what God has called me to do to the best of my ability. So he goes to the place Mount Carmel and it's a place of growth for him and he begins to get serious with God. And then uh, verse uh, 43 he said to his servant, "Now go look towards the sea." And he went and looked and he said he said, "There is nothing." And Elijah said to him, "Go again." He's telling his servant, "Listen, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Go tell me how many clouds you see. Go tell me how many storms are coming up on the horizon. Go tell me what you see when you look towards the sea. Servant comes back and says, man, I'd love to see what you want, but I don't see anything. Now, I'm, most of my extracurricular activities are outdoor related, so I've been caught in storms, I've been caught in storms in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. I've been caught in storms uh, uh, in different environments, hunting and fishing and and hiking. And one time we were riding four-wheelers. We were up at 11,000 feet, and all of a sudden a hailstorm of all things came in, and hail just uh, beat on us for 30 minutes. It was crazy. But every time I've ever heard a storm, I could see the clouds. I've never heard a storm. I've never heard the rumbling of a storm and said, wow, look at this bright blue sky. Now, it might be bright blue above my head, but there's always something that can validate what you hear. So when Elijah says, I hear the sound of abundance of rain and his servant goes and sees and there's nothing that can justify or that, confirm, that can confirm what Elijah had heard, that means Elijah is tapped into a different network. Elijah is surrounded by what he sees, yet he is focused on what he hears. He comes back and he says, he says, listen, Elijah, he says, he said, sir, I don't see anything. And Elijah says, no problem. It's fine. He said, go back seven times but understand I'm not sending you because of what I have seen I am sending you because of what I have heard Some of you have revival that is about to break out in your family some of you have revival that's about to break out in your marriage some of you have revival that's about to break out in your business and it's nothing you can see right now it looks the same Monday morning the same thing's happening Tuesday evening the same thing's happening but there is a sound from heaven that is rumbling above you and it if you will tune to that network, you can be prepared when what is coming shows up. Yeah. He says, he says, he says, I, I wish I could tell you something different, boss. But I don't see anything related to what you say you hear. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians. He says, listen, he says, we don't live by what we see. Amen. We live by faith. The Apostle Paul also writes, he says, Faith cometh by seeing? No. Faith comes by hearing. Elijah hears the sound of abundance of rain. And when he does faith begins to grow and build and manifest on the inside of him. And he sends his servant, he said, now go tell me what you see. And the servant runs out there, he hasn't heard the rain, he hasn't heard the sound, all he has is what he sees, and he says, I see nothing. And Elijah's faith is not moved one bit. Some of you are believing God for something and there is nothing on the horizon that says what God told you is going to happen. All I'm telling you is you don't live by what you see. You live by faith and faith comes not by what you see but it comes by what you hear and hearing by the word of God which means that while you are believing God you have got to get yourself in a place where when all you see is problems you've got to be like Elijah you've got to say well I've got to find me a place that I can grow is there a church in this town that will preach the unadulterated gospel and then you get to the place that you can grow and then you get yourself there and you do what Elijah did you put your head between your knees which means he covered his ears he says I don't I don't want to hear anything else other than what God says about me because if I'm surrounded by problems, I better be hearing a bunch of promises. He said, we don't live by what we see. We live by faith. Well how do I get some faith? You got to hear something. There's got to be a sound that comes into your ears. There's never been a day since since, uh, creation when there was more sin rampant in the world. But the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Because there's never been a time in history where you had more access to get faith, to get the word of God into your being. Some of you need to get into a Mount Carmel position. Some of you need to block out all the things that anybody has ever said about you. You need to uh, uh, sequester yourself away from the naysayers and the people who are telling you it's not going to happen and you need to get to the place where the only thing you hear is the sound of abundance of rain. Faith is our evidence. Faith is our substance. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing the voice of the Lord requires tuning every other voice out. Verse 44. And it came to pass. I love when God says that. And it came to pass. You see... It always feels like what we're dealing with came to stay. But really, though, it came to pass. It's not staying. It's not sticking. It might feel like it. It might feel like a moment. It might feel like a time. It might feel like forever. It might feel like issue after issue. It might feel like problem after problem. But it did not come to stay. So Elijah says, I'm not listening to anything else. The servant says, boss, I wish I could tell you that I saw what you heard, but I didn't see anything like that. Elijah, unwavered and unmoved, says, well, good thing I don't live by what I see. Now, I want you to go back seven times. Six is the number of man. Seven always represents the number of completion, divine completion. Some areas is the number of God. Elijah said, I want you to do everything you can do, and then I want you to trust God. He said, I want you to go not one time, two times, three times, four times, not five, not six. I want you to go seven times. And he runs and he looks nothing. And he runs and he looks nothing. And he runs and he looks nothing. He runs and he looks nothing. Nothing. And then verse 44, And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, and I could, I don't know, I wasn't there. But when I read it, I hear it like this. Boss, I know you said go seven times, and, and I did. And the last time I went, I almost feel like he's trying to encourage Elijah. Like, I might have seen something, okay? I don't know. It was bright, the sun, I'm looking. And I put my hand up, and, and maybe there's a cloud, I don't know. But, but if there was a cloud, it's no bigger than my hand. It's it's no bigger than a man said, I know you said you heard the sound of abundance of rain, and I'm not a meteorologist, but I just saw like maybe, maybe one cloud like as big as my hand. So it's like this, he doesn't want to come and give him bad news again, because he knows he told him to go seven times. So he's at the last time, he's like, I just got to tell him something. I can't let him. You know, he's up here. He's got his head between his knees. He's not listening to anybody. He's just praying. Ahab's over there eating and drinking, uh, having a good time. And the prophet of God who just called down fire from heaven and and, and the fire came and, and lapped up all the water that was around the altar. The man of God that I serve, the man of God that I follow, he's sitting up there and he's in this position where he's believing God so strong and I just don't want to let him down. So hey, 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 boss. Alright, look, so here to them, I may, and, 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 and remember, Elijah, just he's sitting there, he's just focused on the Lord, he's not listening to anything else, and, and, and the servant comes up, and, and, he, and Elijah looks at him and he says, did you see anything, he goes, man, like a cloud, like, I don't know, big as my hand, or so, and if you live in the natural, and you pay attention to what you see, your response might be, "Well, it may work for other people, but I haven't seen it work for me." Well, I know the Bible's true, but I, 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 I know I heard God. I think, but I. I I've seen him do things for others, but in my life, it, it hasn't really been that way. Or, while you're believing God, sitting in the place where you can grow, the place where God has positioned you, after tuning out all of the other, out of, the, out of all tuning out all the other voices and sounds in your life. You can remember, we serve a God with infinite power, yet chooses to speak in a still, small voice. The world is looking for some kind of a flamboyant sign when the sign that you and I may receive might be just as big as a man's hand. You see, the difference in the shift is not whether or not it happens. It's whether or not you recognize it. There is a shift in our church And everybody associated with it. It's happening right now. And those who have decided to drown out all the other voices to make sure that they're focused on the one voice that matters, to make sure they're focused on the one that can answer the question, the one that can answer your prayers, the one who can change everything, those who are focused, they have the ability and the clarity to recognize when the shift occurs because they're tuned into the right station. Uh, sometimes, uh, and I don't do it as much anymore, but I used to really like to go fishing down at the coast. And if you go fishing down at the coast, Crystal was from down there, so I would fish while, I was, uh, while she was uh, sleeping. But anyway, we would go fishing. And, and it was important to know when the tide was going to turn. But the only way to know when the tide was going to turn was to listen to the news and they were going to tell you. Now, I did it enough to know you will get out to your favorite fishing spot and the tide is supposed to turn at 7.15 a.m. or 6.15 a.m. But you can look at your clock at 6.14 and then you can look at the water and then you can look at your clock at 6.15 and you can look at the water and you will see no difference. Because you can't see when the tide turns. You have to hear that the turn, the change, the shift is happening. And when it does, the momentum cannot be stopped, will not be stopped, never has been stopped. And this church is coming to a season where the tide is beginning to turn. And everybody will be affected in a very positive way. But there are those that have their head between their knees with their ears covered saying, I only want to hear the voice of the Lord. I'm not going to listen to any naysaying not going to listen to anybody saying the Bible's not true I'm not going to listen to anybody saying it's not going to happen in my life I'm not going to listen to anybody that's saying anything contrary to the word because I don't feel it shifting I don't see it shifting but he said it is shifting and if it's shifting in my life then it's unstoppable a little cloud. A little cloud. And The servant comes back and he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, he says, this is a little cloud boss. And Elijah says, perfect. Get up, grab the horses, hook up the chariots. I don't want you to drown in the flood. And I can, I can like, I can read the, the I can hear what the, the servant's thinking. Boss, I said, a cloud as big as my hand. Elijah says, I said, hook up the horses. I don't want the horses to drown. And tell Ahab, you better hurry up too. Because the situation is this. We do not live by what we see. We live by faith. Faith doesn't come from what we see. Faith comes from what we hear, but faith is dead and dormant without some action behind it. We're coming into a season when it's time for people to magnify God. It's time for people to worship God like never before. It's time for you to get out those other voices and get those things out of your mind and out of your head because we're not looking for a big sign. I just need a sign the size of a man. Some of you it's going to be a relationship. Some of you it's just going to be peace. You haven't had peace in your life in years and you're going, man, I just wish I had some peace in my life. Some of you are about to come into a season of overwhelming peace. Some of you it's going to be financial breakthrough. Listen, I'm talking, I don't just talk like this either. I hear the sound of abundance of rain coming to this house. Coming to our families, coming to our people, and it's going to shift and it's going to break. And the tide has already begun to turn. And before it's over, we're going to wish we had moved the horses and moved the wagons. Because God is about to move in this place. It's going to be a lot of fun. One more point, and then I'm done. mentioned a moment ago when all you see is problems you better be in a place where all you hear is promises because hearing about the problems will do nothing for you but hearing about his promises will cause faith to build on the inside of you and this is where we get strengthened, this is where we get renewed let me just make this last point, then we're going to close. You will never, you will never hear heaven talking defeat. You will never hear heaven talking defeat in your life. Sometimes it's hard. To, Is this me? Is this God? Is this the devil? Is this me? Is this God? Is this devil? You will never hear heaven talking defeat in your life you will never hear heaven talking about anything over than overwhelming victory super abundance over the top blessing healing health joy peace love family restoration power strength might a change better shifting everything it's always victory with God now thanks be unto God which always causes me to triumph through Christ Jesus and close your eyes, please. If you're here today and you're not right with God and you